exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. Provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Yes, this is exposure, but it's not that soothing of a sound that you just heard normally. But uh, I do want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. Again, this is January 16th. Happy Martin Luther King Day out there to everybody, especially everybody that didn't have to go to school or go to work. And especially, obviously, Mr. MLK himself. Hopefully hopefully everyone out there is having a great Monday out there after a little bit of snow that we got this weekend. Um, got a little rain today, getting rid of some of the snow, but it uh, looks like we're getting some back tomorrow. But I will digress. Megan, my lovely co-host. Megan, how you doing today? Good, good. I mean, we had the day off school, but I don't think I've stopped moving since about 10 o'clock this morning. So. I know. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> it is busy. I mean, I went straight from my internship to here. And now I'm here, and then I'm probably going to eat, and then I have a ton of homework to do. I don't know if you took the news media law and ethics. I have taken that, yes. Oh, my goodness. It's a lot of work. I have 12 cases to read and write about by Thursday, but I'm on at least half of them done by tomorrow, and I'm two in because I cannot get past two right now. (laughs) Let me tell you, it is killing me because last semester, you know, I had journalism classes, but it wasn't a ton of reading. I I I like to read. More hands-on writing, right, that you would prefer to do, right? right? Exactly, yes. but textbooks are so different than novels. So oh, for yeah. me to sit here and read a court case, mm, it's not going too well. My head's not really <laughs> comprehending it pro- properly. So I got you there. But, uh, yeah, I did want to – congratulations on getting that internship. Thank that's you. fantastic. Thank you. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm very excited, actually. No, that's great to hear. Again, hopefully everyone out there had a fantastic weekend. We have a lot to get to in the sports world here. We will definitely be discussing Michigan State's tough loss to Northwestern here uh, this Saturday in Evansville. Michigan State having their 15-game win streak snapped on Saturday by the Wildcats. We'll also get to the upcoming matchup coming up between Michigan State and Michigan tomorrow night at Chrysler Arena. First time these two teams will be facing off this season and should be a doozy. Both teams coming off tough losses here this weekend, so a lot to prove coming up here again. We'll also get to the wild weekend in the NFL. Had uh, the divisional round this weekend. A lot of really good games. We'll delve into all those games, and uh, we're down to our Final Four, so we will be picking who we think is going to be playing in the Super Bowl this coming February. We'll also get to a little Red Wings. Nice overtime win against the Chicago Blackhawks there at the Joe uh, this Saturday. Real nice win to get themselves in a nice spot in the Central Division. And the Detroit Pistons are 3-10. and That's all I can really say right now about the Detroit Pistons. But we will talk just a little bit about them as well. But we are going to start the show off here with the Michigan State Spartans. And again, if anyone wants to call in, don't forget the phone number. 517-432-3893 is the number. Call in all show. Discuss whatever you want. But we are going to start off with the Michigan State Spartans. And yes, the Spartans did travel to Evanston, Illinois here on Saturday to face off against the Northwestern Wildcats. The Wildcats just coming up a little bit short against the Michigan Wolverines a couple days prior to this. Uh, the time, you know, At the, uh, this time of the game, uh, Northwestern, not that bad of a team. Northwestern was 11-5 coming in at this this time two and uh excuse me uh they were one and three in the big ten uh not the best team not the worst team again close losses to Michigan close losses to Illinois two teams that are doing quite well in the big ten right now and Michigan State they came out very hot 
came out shooting 50% from three-point land. They were 9 of 10 from the field. Um, you know, really, they came out strong. But in the end, Northwestern was just too much. Crawford, Sherna, guys having big games there, as well as Curletti for Northwestern, really pouring it on. Northwestern gets the win. 81-74 to is your final score there at Welsh Ryan Arena. Michigan State having trouble keeping hold of the basketball. They did have problems with turnovers all game and not being efficient from the free throw line. This was a team that got to the free throw line, had 27 attempts, but only made 17 of them, shooting 63% from the free throw line, as well as turning the ball over 13 times and committing 25 personal fouls. Uh, Not a good way to win basketball games. Uh, Megan, looking at this game, you know, this, we were down two points at the half, 39-37. You're down two points, and Michigan State was shooting 65% from the field, and they were down two points. What was the glaring issue with Michigan State this whole game? Uh, you know, it's kind of tough to pick one thing. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's one specific thing. But, you know, being down two and you shoot 65%, you rarely see that kind of stat at the end of a half. I, the thing is, they looked so good in the first half, and then the second half, they just didn't. I don't know what went on with that. They were ahead by, I think, like 12 at one point, and then mm-hmm. Northwestern just came back. Um, I guess the big thing in the second half was fouls um, for us. Like, right off the bat, you know, we had a bunch. Austin Thornton fouled out, which I had never seen that, I think, from him before. Um, <laughs> I You know, they, they it's tough. I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, defense, I don't think, was up to par like it normally is. And, you know, I actually went to Tom Izzo's press conference today, and he was like, it was a good, tough game, you know. And that's why I think I'm having such a hard time picking some stuff, you know, out of there. I, I, what, do you, I, what do you think, I guess? I mean, personally, uh, I think, again, at taking care of the basketball, 13 turnovers isn't egregious by any means, but Northwestern took care of the ball. They only had seven. And, again, not making your free throws. You can't shoot 63% from the line, I think, and have a lot of gimme baskets and miss them. And Michigan State, a lot of times, not, you know, always making one or two. Half the time from the line, Draymond, miss one, you miss one. Uh, Make one, miss one. And, you know, you just can't be doing that. You look at three of six for Payne. Appling did a good job from the line, nine of 13. But just overall, the team didn't shoot well enough from the free throw line. And I think it was defensively. Offensively, this team didn't play a terrible game. I mean, they shot 46% from the field. They were 9 of 18 from three-point land. They they had seven more offensive rebounds. They they out-rebounded Northwestern by 12. They moved the ball around more, actually, but they had one less assist than uh, Northwestern. But really, turnovers and defensive play, I think, you know, Northwestern, they made some really good shots. I think you do have to give a lot of credit to Curletti, Shern, and Crawford, um, guys that played great games for them, four of their starters in double digits. But nonetheless, defensively, Michigan State did not close. I think they had a huge trouble uh, trouble in the second half. Moving the ball around with the Mm -hmm. zone defense that Northwestern plays, Michigan State just having a hard time getting the ball inside, getting it to Draymond, getting it to Payne, getting it to Nix, having to rely on a lot of jump shots. And, you know, when those jump shots aren't going, jump shots aren't going and you're not being as aggressive even trying to get to the line, you know, you can fall behind. And, I mean, what, Michigan State cut it to about five in the second half, yeah. which was about as close as they got there in the second half. I'm always knowing that Michigan State is capable of making that explosive run. And you, you felt that a few times, I think, they're in the second half thinking, all right, they'll get back on track, a lot of time left still. But when all is said and done, I think Northwestern is a better team than people give credit for. Um, they're 12-5 and right now overall, 2-3 and in the conference. Again, I think two very close losses to a you know Michigan team and an Illinois team, uh, both very good teams. 
And I think Northwestern, you know, they're quite solid team. And unfortunately, we hadn't lost there since 2002. Had won 18 consecutive matchups with the Wildcats. But again, you hate to say a loss is okay. I wasn't expecting Michigan State to go 30-2 and and make the tournament. I don't think I expected that at all. It's a very tough loss, but as we know as well as anyone, Tom, Tom Izzo is going to get these guys ready to play Michigan. Oh, yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, when Tom, during the conference today, he was saying they weren't expecting to win the rest of the season. And like you said, Northwestern is a better team than people give them credit for. Um, no one really realizes how good they actually are. And I, I totally, you, you hit it right on the head with turnovers. I knew that. I just didn't even think about it yeah. when I was thinking. But that's exactly, they just need to, I guess, Keith was just on a mission to drive the basket on fast breaks every single time instead of setting something up. And, you know, that's fine. It's all good. Like, that's all good and pretty and stuff, you know, because he got fouled just about every single time. See, uh, yeah, yeah, 13 uh, free yeah, throw attempts. exactly. And so... That's it's all good, but I think their pace of play needs to slow down a little bit and maybe set some things up so they can move the ball more, like you were saying. Um, you know, and I, I think that's probably that, and the turnovers are probably two of the biggest things because over and over again, driving the basket, driving the basket, driving the basket on a fast break isn't going to work every single time, you know? No, it's not. I think, you know, Michigan State's a very good team in transition. They get a lot of easy buckets that way. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, even though you play as a transitional type team, you need to know when to slow it down and play more of the half-court set. Yeah. And especially when Northwest, when the game's getting away from you a little bit more, right. that's when you want to slow it down, I think. Yes. When you're losing, when the game's kind of getting behind, start to focus more on the basics. Like you Just slow the pace of the game exactly. down, move the ball around. There's a reason that Michigan State does rank 12th in college basketball in assists. Right. Because they do let four to five guys touch that ball in a possession. See, that's what they need to do. Slow down, breathe, take a breath, think about what's going on. Don't overthink it, obviously, because that's when you start making mistakes. But think about, okay, well, you know, Nix is down there. He's been doing fantastic on the post. Like, get him the ball, uh, get it up there, and he can make it. Or he can get fouled, and you know what? He's he's 20 times better with free throws than he was last year. Yeah. I used to call him the Shaquille O'Neal of free throws last year because he just (laughs) couldn't make any. And he's looking really, really good this year. And that's the thing, is our post players work so hard to get the get the ball, get the ball, and when they get it, they go straight up. Mm-hmm. And they either get fouled and one, or they make it. And that's the thing, is we need to start looking instead of the guards driving the basket, driving the basket, driving the basket, but even though we are good at it. Yes. And I, I think that's the big thing. Um, but with the turnovers, lots of travels. Did you notice that? Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, sloppy turnovers, you know, and unforced turnovers. Is the thing when I mean Northwestern's defense is pretty good, but they're not amazing, and you just you shouldn't be you know bouncing the ball off your foot. You know it's just sloppy traveling calls. Right. Um. You, here's something. I, it's a funny thing I read, and I, I was wondering why at the time Izzo did this, and he completely makes sense of it. Izzo did call a timeout with less than three seconds left in the game. Game was over. It was a seven point game. There's mm-hmm. no way Michigan State was going to come back and win this game. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why is Tom Izzo calling a timeout? But. Here's why Tom Izzo's calling a timeout. Tom Izzo said, quote, I wanted to tell them to remember why we didn't win this game. I wanted to be fresh in their minds when we were still on the court. The freshmen, I wanted them to know this was not acceptable, end quote. And Travis Trice says regarding that message, quote, he called that timeout to let it sink in and live it longer. Let it hurt more. It was to inform guys about the way you act and the way you have to approach games, especially games on the road, end quote. And that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Tom is not going to let this slide. He realizes how important it is to keep a head on straight and just 
not to let a team, I think you saw that team last year, they had a big head. They were cocky. They thought they were better than they were, mm-hmm. and I don't think they were grounded at all all season. I know we had a lot of you know extenuating circumstances with Corey Lucius, um, you know, with a lot of situations going on there with guys. But nonetheless, Tom Izzo is getting his team right back in check to realize we have a very important game coming up here against Michigan on Tuesday night, and they have to completely forget about this game. Michigan had a tough loss as well. They lost to Iowa. It was on the road, but they lost to Iowa on Saturday as well, seventy-five to fifty-nine. And we just beat Iowa down uh, not more than a few days ago. We ended up beating Iowa last uh, Tuesday, uh, actually, I believe it was. And they absolutely manhandled them. She's just killed Iowa. I mean, let's see, final score, excuse me. It was 95-61 to 61 was the final score against Iowa. So, you know, all is not you beat one team. You lose. I mean, it doesn't mean that Michigan's bad because they lost to Iowa. Michigan beat Northwestern. They just didn't look like a team. Almost. They didn't look like they were there, mm-hmm. I think, was more of what I'm going for. Michigan just was all over the place, and Iowa was just like, determination, we are going to win, you know. We did, like, beat them by almost 30 points. We did. <laughs> and they could have beat them by more. They put the scrubs in that game with, like, six minutes left. Yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, basically, they, they had a lot to, you know, get done there. But uh, Michigan State, nonetheless, they're 15-3 and three now, 4-1 and one in the Big Ten. Uh, looking at the new college rankings that came out here on Sunday, Michigan State is now ninth in the AP poll. They fell from sixth to ninth, and they are now uh, ninth in the coaches' poll as well. So they are ninth in both the coaches and the AP poll. Michigan falling all the way to 20th in the AP top 25 and falling to 19th in the coaches' poll. Michigan now 14 and four, and they are four and two in the Big Ten. So we got a big game coming up here at the Chrysler Arena tomorrow night. 7 o'clock is tip-off time. Michigan State, Michigan. I think all Spartan fans can't forget last year. Um, mm-hmm. After beating this team for uh, you know a thousand over a thousand days in football and basketball last January and March, we saw those streaks die. With Michigan State losing both games at Spartan State um, at at the Breslin, excuse me, and the Chrysler Arena last season. You start this game off at the at Chrysler Arena, Michigan, a team that I believe is a bit undersized. Um, I think that they're dealing with some injury. What do you what do you like going into this game here against Michigan coming up on Tuesday night? I what do I like? I what like, do you like? I yes. like that we lost. To be honest, okay. I really do. Even though Michigan did, I think that gives us more determination. You know, to go out there and win. And I like I obviously last year we lost to him twice. There's that on top of that. You know. Then there's like Draymond, who you know coming off two losses last year's in his last season, wants to win, you know that kind of stuff. But I think they are perfectly everything we said that they needed to work on. They are perfectly capable of coming back out there, fixing those, and winning. And that's the thing I see. And I I just think we're a better matchup for them. I think our bigs are a lot better. I think our transitions a lot better. I think you know all that is. I think we just. I think we're just a better team than Michigan, I guess, with mm-hmm. that stuff included. Um, not saying Michigan's bad, um, because, yeah, they are ranked. But oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it, I, I just think this year's team, compared to last year's team, we are a better team this year. Even though Michigan did bring back, I think they said, like, seven out of their eight, like, good, you know, starter kind of people. Yeah. And I just think, just judging from last year's team, too, which is almost exactly the same for Michigan this year, 
I just think we are the better team. I think we're better at a lot of things. I think we're better than what we showed against Northwestern. I definitely think we are better than, yeah, how we played at Northwestern. And I think Northwestern was just playing a very passionate game. Yeah. Um, I think that they had they you know had lost that close game just to, uh, to Michigan the other day, 66-64 in overtime. Had a chance to tie it up if they would have made all three. I actually had a chance to uh, yeah tie it up if they would have made all three of their uh, free throws. Uh, you know, poor foul by Tim Hardaway Jr. at the end of that game. But... Really what sticks out to me is what we've talked about all season with Michigan State. It's their rebounding. Michigan State ranks 12th in the country uh, rebounding the basketball, and Michigan ranks 228th rebounding the basketball. I think that's a glaring statistic in size, and I think size is a big matchup, especially when you look at a gritty Big Ten game. Michigan is an undersized ball club. Uh, guys like Derek Nix that we have, Adrian Payne, we have some big monsters there down low. I just don't think that the Michigan guards as well can outperform Michigan State's guards. Yeah. And Keith Appling, and Travis Trice, and Brandon Wood, uh-huh. you know, a senior, and Dawson. I just don't think Michigan's as capable of a team. I think they're a very talented team. You look at their schedule they've played so far. They did beat Wisconsin as well. Uh, they beat them pretty well, 59-41 on January 8th. Uh, last week, they did lose at Indiana by two points in a very close game. I don't believe they've played the toughest Big Ten schedule to start. They played Penn, Penn State at home. They played Minnesota at home. Two of the more doormats of the Big Ten here in college basketball this year. Uh, they did lose to Iowa at Iowa. Again, on any given day, it's tough to judge teams, especially college basketball, home and aways. I think you, you, the biggest discrepancy you'll see in sports, and co- especially in college sports, in college basketball, home field is insanely, you know, overwhelming, you know, favorite, you know, for that team. Michigan State, though, overall is a better coach team than Michigan, and they're just a more mature team. I think Hardaway Jr. is fantastic out there. I think Burke is a stud out there for Michigan as well. Don't get me wrong. I think Michigan's got a lot of talent. John Beeline has been doing some real nice things with that program here. But Michigan State, especially as you had mentioned, after losing Saturday, they're going to be coming into this game not only with the motivation from having lost both times last year to this team, but having just come off a tough loss after winning 15 straight games. They're not going to want to let this game decide well, this game will decide, but they're not going to want this game to go in Michigan's favor and have Michigan be on top of the Big Ten. Because as of it right now, Michigan is 4-1 and one in the conference, 15-3 and three overall. I mean, Michigan State is. Illinois is also 4-1 and one in the conference and 15-3. and three, And Michigan's 4-2 and two in the conference at 14-4. and four. So if we were to lose this game, we'd fall below Michigan. Well, I don't think we will, but let's hope we don't. I don't think we will as well. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a. I mean, if some people think it's going to be a blowout, I really don't see it. No, I, I think this is a this is a game that's at Chrysler Arena. It's going to be just you know a huge, just a raucous atmosphere. It's going to be crazy down there. Michigan State's going to have to just keep their heads in the game the entire time, not let the emotions at all get the best of them. I do still think that Michigan State will come out with a victory here due to the way they move the basketball and the way they dominate the glass. I think will be the two things that will lead Michigan State to the victory against these Wolverines. Here's a funny quote from Tom Izzo regarding Michigan and John Beeline and their whole program. He says, quote, do I respect John Beeline? This is funny. Tremendously. (laughs) Do I respect Michigan? Tremendously. Do I like them? Not one bit. End quote. Izzo added, quote, I don't like anything about Michigan, and they don't like anything about us, and that is the way it should be, end quote. That's a great quote. 
when he said it, I was dying. It was so funny. Because, you know, I was at that press conference uh, earlier, and when he did it, it was when he said it, it was just, oh my gosh, I just wanted to laugh so hard. But, you know, we're surrounded by reporters, so I'm sitting there like, huh. He's be like, ha ha. Yeah, ha ha. But um, <laughs> I, I do have a couple of things I wanted to throw in there real quick. Uh, looking at this, Draymond Green has had a double double in the past six out of eight games, and that says anything. That's awesome. He is. He's playing like an All American right now. First the, team All American. He is honestly the backbone, I think, to this team. You know, he is the center and everyone's around him, but he brings everyone together. He's the leader. He really is. And I, you know, and he's doing a fantastic job of it. Um, Road games, MSG was holding opponents to a .379 field goal percentage. Very nice. If that helps at all. Um, I mean, I was just reading this. History, the Michigan leads all-time series. Michigan State, 93-74. to um, A 57-29 and 29 advantage at games played in Ann Arbor, but we can change that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and it's just, this, this pack is pretty cool. I'm just signing little things to say. Um, but I just, it's going to be a really good game, like you said. I just think, oh, yeah. you know... I like like we said, Biggs. I think will decide. Defense will decide. Um, guards will decide. Keith Appling looked amazing against Northwestern, even though you know I kind of said he should quit driving the basket as much, but he still looked really, really, really good. Looks real good. And I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited for tomorrow because it's just one more thing that we can beat up on Big Brother, quote unquote, about you know. Yeah, beat <laughs> up on those grimy Wolverines over there to the east, or Big Sister as I call them. <laughs> <laughs> a little history for you guys. MSU has won six of the last ten meetings against the Wolverines. Uh, prior to that, though, the Spartans dominated, winning twelve of thirteen. So Michigan State needs to get that train rolling back in us dominating Michigan. Michigan mm-hmm. is definitely becoming much better of a program, but Michigan State needs to show the real little brother of college basketball what is up. Again, Michigan will be uh, Michigan State will be facing Michigan at Chrysler Arena tomorrow night. 7 p.m. is your tip-off time. Then they will be facing the Purdue Boilermakers. That game will be taking place here on Saturday. It'll be a noon game uh, at the Breslin Center against Purdue. And then next Monday night at 8.30, they will be playing the Minnesota Gophers at the Breslin Center as well. The next, I mean, don't get me wrong, those are big games. But the next real big game, I think the next real test, is going to be January 31st. Uh, two Tuesdays from now at Illinois. Uh, that should be a huge game. They're at Illinois, and then they play Michigan again. They play Michigan on the day of the Super Bowl. So a lot of excitement on that I Sunday guess. going on there. So that is what you have to look forward to for the Michigan State Spartans. Again, Michigan State is ninth in the coaches poll, ninth in the AP poll. Uh, your top five there in both polls. Syracuse still unbeaten at 19-0 and is number one in both. Kentucky is your number two. Baylor undefeated as well, your number three. Duke is four. Missouri has gotten all the way up to five now, 16-1. and Ohio State is number six. Kansas is seven. North Carolina 8, and Michigan State is 9. Murray State, though, as well, undefeated at 18-0. Only, your only three teams undefeated, Syracuse, Baylor, and Murray State. Your only three unbeatens left. So uh, they have a lot of college basketball today because it's MLK Day. So if you want to check it out, if you've been busy all day, they've been airing it religiously on ESPN and ESPN2. Uh, should be games all night. So uh, definitely check that out if you would like to. And if you have any thoughts on the game upcoming with Michigan and Michigan State, reasons you think either program will get the W, give us a call, 517-432-3893. Before we do go to break, I do want to mention, we were talking about this last week in regards to whether Michigan State will be ranked higher than Michigan. 
come the final uh, rankings there after the football game last week. And Michigan State did come out on top in the AP poll. Michigan State is 11th overall. Michigan 12th in the AP poll. In the coaches poll, Michigan is 9th and Michigan State is 10th. So very close. Mm Mm-hmm. When it comes to both polls there, we still won't see new polls until recruiting is done and we get much closer to the regular season to really see who will be a preseason favorite or not. But it, I think it kind of turned out exactly the way we thought. Mm-hmm. Right there on the cusp of the top 10, right ahead of Michigan, really. I mean, coaches poll, top AP poll. They use the coaches poll on the TV rankings. Does it? I don't know. It doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> I really don't care. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, Michigan and Michigan State are going to be two foes to deal with in the Big Ten next year. Again, Michigan State finally now at 11 in the AP and 10th in the coaches. Michigan 9th in the coaches and 11th in or 12th, excuse me, in the AP. So some exciting college football for next season. And real fast before we go to break, uh, what did you think of that LSU Alabama game last week? <laughs> You really want to ask? I me mean, that? real fast. I figured before we go to break, before we check out, you know, talk about the NFL. I don't want to talk about it long. No. But uh, you know, roll tide. Uh, you know, you picked it. I, I went did. with LSU. LSU. Ah, gosh, that D. De- I don't know. Again, D- Alabama's defense is something else, mm-hmm. and uh, that's an understatement. And LSU. I don't know what happened to them that game. If they just got locked down that bad. But uh, what did you think of? <laughs> Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide just absolutely destroying the number one team in the country. Hey, they, their kicker made a few uh, field he goals He really did, there. didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, like I said, though, it wasn't going to be a game of field goals, and I think they got one touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was kind of right. I mean, it wasn't a game <laughs> of field goals either because they shut them out. But, uh, gosh, that whole game, like I told you, I just did not want it. You just it. didn't want that matchup. I just did not want it. It was, it was going to be boring, and it was. And that's every single person I talk to. That's the most boring game I've ever seen. I know. That's why I don't think, as good as they are, if the BCS system is the way it is, you know, I don't think that was the team everyone wanted to see. Uh-huh. The teams they want, everyone wanted to see play in the championship game. I definitely know what you're saying. And, I mean, are they the two best teams in the country? Probably. Yeah. They probably are. I mean, I'd say to Alabama, hands down. And, you know, we can't just, like, knock LSU off, like, four <laughs> different pegs because Hi. they lost to Alabama. But I know what you're saying. I think... What the sentiment of more people, at least sentiment of myself, I, I just uh, I've grown tired of the SEC. We know how great of a conference they are. We mm-hmm. know how dominant most of their teams are. It's just this is the sixth consecutive year now that an SEC school has won the BCS championship game. I know it's like all right, step up, Big Ten, step up. You know other conferences, mm-hmm. Big Twelve, Pac twelve, you know make a move. But at the same time, it's like geez, every year. Every Florida, year. Georgia, L, you know, every year, every stinking year, it's these teams. So hopefully, yeah, the Big Ten can make some noise here. The Big Twelve, somebody, that's our goal as a country. Hey, MSU finished the very top of the Big Ten. Um, they're saying they put out like rankings or whatever for next year, and they put us as number one. All right, well, let's see it happen. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we're going to dive right into the NFL action. Four games this sun, uh, this Saturday and Sunday. Some good ones. Discuss those and who you got going to the Super Bowl. Start thinking about it right now. We'll also touch on a little Red Wings, a little Pistons. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on eighty-eight point nine WDBM East Lansing. The impact. 
At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave and Megan here with you. Have about a half hour left in the show. If you weren't with us here for the first half hour, we were discussing a lot of college basketball. Tough losses for Michigan and Michigan State this last weekend on the road. Michigan at Iowa, Michigan State at Northwestern. But they will be able to settle their little woes this Tuesday at Chrysler Arena. So any thoughts on that upcoming MSU U of M game? Give us a call at 517-432-3893. But we're going to talk some NFL And again, don't forget the phone number because I want to know what you guys think is going to be Super Bowl matchup. But we are going to discuss some of the individual games of the divisional round that took place here this weekend. And the first one on Saturday afternoon had the San Francisco 49ers, number two seed in the NFC faceoff against the number three seed, the New Orleans Saints. The Saints taking it to the uh, Detroit Lions the weekend before, beating them 45-28. to And the Saints... One of the best offenses in the league's hands down. Maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the league between him and Aaron Rodgers. And it was a very tight game a lot of the way. San Francisco did jump out to a quick 17 to nothing lead by the start of the second quarter. But by halftime, New Orleans had erased most of that deficit to only be down 17 to 14. And in a game that was quite defensive and at the same time very offensively anemic, on both sides of the football, looking at the Niners and the Saints. This game was 20-14 to 14 at the end of the third quarter. And then someone must have lit a, lit a sparkler under both teams' butts because this game went for about five separate scores in the fourth. Your final score, 36-32, to 32 is the final. San Francisco scoring a touchdown with nine seconds left on the clock. Touchdown pass from Alex Smith to Vernon Davis to seal the game off. San Francisco will be moving to the NFC Championship game. Megan, what'd you think of this game? We both went with New Orleans. Yes. Um, I thought New Orleans, as good as San Francisco's defense is, I did think that New Orleans' offense would play better enough, better than Alex Smith could play. I mm-hmm. thought Drew Brees, I take Drew Brees over Alex Smith. And Alex Smith, he had a great game, uh, to be honest with you. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions, threw for 299 yards. Um, I don't think too often you'll see Alex Smith throw the ball 42 times, but that was the type of game this was. Drew Brees throwing a ridiculous 63 attempts in this football game. So, would you? I mean, did you catch this game? What did you think of overall yeah. aspect of the Niners-Saints game? Because I thought it was a good game. It was a good game from what I caught of it. I was doing homework at the time, too. Um, but I, I saw the Saints going far, and I was I was pretty shocked, you know, when – when they got beat by the 49ers. The 49ers looked tough, though. I, I do have to say that. They looked really, really good. Um, 
But yeah, I from what I saw, it was a very good game and a back and forth game at that. And I don't know. I mean, just like congratulations to 49ers because you beat probably one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the, in the NFL. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting, I think, rest of playoffs and Super Bowl because teams I think everyone didn't really think were going to make it almost. No, definitely. I, I think it's more wide open. And, you know, people have been saying that kind of. I mean, I think we all kind of, you know, put Green Bay and New Orleans into the championship game a little prematurely mm-hmm. based upon previous weeks. But nonetheless, obviously defense, you know, people have been saying the league has kind of changed into an offensive-based league. But, you know, I think we, after we've seen this weekend – Solid defense can get oh, yeah. it done. Get it done as well. I know this is still a high-scoring game, thirty-six to thirty-two. Really, the fourth quarter again, it exploded for a bunch of points. Um, just some quick points, touchdowns back between Alex Smith. You know, then the Jimmy Graham sixty-six-yard touchdown pass with only a minute thirty-seven left, making you think Drew Brees has done it again. He's come back. He's somehow gotten a win for his team. And before you know it, somehow Alex Smith, the kid who's been dogged. For years and years, and deservedly so. A number one pick in 2006, a guy that's never lived up to the hype, but at this time has a team now that is 14-3 and and going to the NFC Championship game. The San Francisco 49ers only committing three penalties and forcing five turnovers. And there is your difference. New, New Orleans didn't have one penalty, not a single penalty all game, but they had five turnovers, three fumbles, two picks, too much to come back from. Yeah, I agree. They they rallied though at the end. I do give them that. They did. They did and they, rally. They fought like champions, you know, and they, they played hard. And you know, I can't take anything away from New Orleans. They fought back as good as best as they possibly could. And if Alex Smith doesn't complete that pass to Vernon Davis, they're kicking a field goal. We're going into overtime. Oh yeah. And who knows what would have happened from there? But nonetheless, congratulations to San Francisco. Uh, I don't like saying it. Never been a huge San Francisco fan. Never really hated them too much. Probably don't like him as much nowadays because of Harbaugh, but <laughs> that's just me, maybe. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, San Francisco gets the win. They're moving on to play in the NFC Championship game, so they will definitely be at home. We are moving on to the next game, though, right now, and that was the Tim Tebow-led Broncos <laughs> versus the New England Tom Brady Patriots. They didn't and have a chance. <laughs> the Tom Brady Patriots showed Tim Tebow and the Broncos why they were 8-8 eight and eight in the regular season. And they have, they put a beating down on the Denver Broncos. 45-10 to 10 is your final score. Not enough praying in the world could get the Broncos close to winning this game. Tom Brady throwing for six, six touch, touchdown passes, excuse me, 363 yards. Did throw one interception. But Tom Brady looking like the man who has won as many Super Bowl rings as he has. And Bill Belichick absolutely uh, orchestrating a great game plan in containing Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow throwing nine for 26. 136 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Tim Tebow obviously not having the greatest game. Also a fumble lost for Tim Tebow. What was, I mean, I know you're probably grinning from ear to ear watching this game (laughs) on Saturday night. This game was, yeah, Saturday night at 830. Uh, What did you think of this game? I actually didn't see much of it just because I don't care for Tim Tebow that much. But you got to watch him. But, (laughs) but, well, I mean, I kind of already figured that. Uh, the Pats were going to win. So you just already wrote win. it off and said, okay, they, they got well, it done. Plus, on top of it, I was working, too, when this game okay. was on. But they just did not have a chance. I mean, Tom Brady is just that good, I think. And, you know, Tim Tebow is just that average. You know, I just think he's gotten... <laughs> I think he's just gotten lucky in his wins, to be honest. Okay, yeah. Like, I, I think I said that last week, too, that he did get lucky. But... 
I just they, their offense is just so much better than the Broncos defense, I think. And I think they're just a better all-around team and a better well-rounded team than the Broncos. I think the the Pats are. I really do. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the Patriots are, I mean, defensively, yeah, they're not good. And uh, But in this game, they look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, I'll see. <laughs> they look great this in this game. I think the Broncos made them look good. <laughs> they might have. At the same time, it, it's tough to say. I mean, this is the same score as the beat down the Lions put on the Broncos back mm-hmm. there in the, earlier in the season. And I just think uh, New England had a great game plan on how to control Tim Tebow, make him uncomfortable, not mm-hmm. let him, you know, roll out, you know, to, you know, to, to the left where, you know, where he feels comfortable. And I think the Broncos were just shell-shocked. I think that the Patriots came out so fast and so aggressively. And, I mean, look, by the half, it's 35-7. to 7. <laughs> And it's just over at It's this just point. not even a game. It's just Tom Brady is just orchestrating. He's going to Gronkowski. No one can touch Gronkowski. Gronkowski, an absolute best tight end in the league, in my opinion. Uh, three touchdowns for 145 yards here in this game. Uh, they just had no answer for anything that, you know, uh, the Patriots were going to do. Patriots did turn the ball over two times, lost a fumble through a pick. Doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter at all. Absolutely contained Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow really didn't do much of anything. But nonetheless, this is a Broncos team that never probably should have been here to begin with. I I do want to credit John Fox, the Denver Broncos, for getting as far as they did. An 8-8 eight and eight ball club that never should have beat the, new, uh, that beat the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. But no. they did somehow. They beat up a beat up Pittsburgh team, and yeah, you know what? They got trounced by the Pats. But nonetheless, the Pats are thirteen and three. They're a team most likely headed to the Super Bowl. So I think we all got the result we kind of ex- expected. Yeah, I mean, in the long run, I don't think the Bron—no one saw the Broncos going past the first round, and no one saw them going past the second round. So I think they're bound to lose eventually. Yeah, I really do. It's all over for you, Broncos, but you always have next season. And Tim Tebow, as he honestly should be, uh, is leading you know the camp there in training camp. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the job necessarily yet, but he is the front runner. They're saying as yeah. he should. I mean, he really should. Why throw Brady Quinn in there? Guy hasn't done anything in years. <laughs> so uh, keep down, keep the Tim Tebow train going. We're moving to the other game real fast. A game that, in my opinion, wasn't as exciting. Uh, kind of just kind of bounced around with it. But the Houston Texans faced off against the Baltimore Ravens. This was yesterday at one o'clock, playing there at M and T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. And the Baltimore Ravens get the victory 20-13 to against the Houston Texans. Baltimore jumping out to a quick 17-3 to lead in the first quarter, but were held to pretty much nothing until the fourth quarter, finally kicking a field goal with 2 minutes and 52 seconds left there in the fourth to get the victory over the Houston Texans. T.J. Yates having a tough game, three interceptions for 184 yards. Um, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster did all he could for this team. Johnson, um, not Johnson, excuse me, Arian Foster rushing for 132 yards. But at the same time, it was not enough for them. Joe Flacco, hey, took care of the football. 14-27 through the air, 176 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. You'll get TJ Yates, zero touchdowns, three picks. There's your difference. And I think if anyone saw this game, I know the announcers were speaking of, speaking of it, and I saw it as well. It just looked like TJ Yates did make up his mind at times on where he was going to go with the ball immediately. And that's why when you're passing against that great of a secondary with Ed Reed, with those guys out there, Suggs, you got Ray Lewis in the middle, it's too tough of a defense to think you're going to make up your mind and lock eyes with Andre Johnson. And you saw two gimme picks against a month, probably the most dangerous secondary in the league. And the Ravens, not the greatest offensive bunch in the world. Ray Rice did not have a great game. He had a pretty mediocre game in Ray Rice terms, 21 carries for 60 yards. But at the same time, Baltimore moves on. 
It was kind of a boring game, to I, be honest. Yeah, I was doing homework. <laughs> I'm just, such a lame I person. was saving myself for the night game. That's I the game we're too. getting to right now. This game I want to speak of more. The New York Giants, the G-Men, took on the Packers here at Lambeau Field, 4.30 yesterday in a game I think a lot of people had just written the Giants off, saying Packers 15-1, too good of a team. How could they lose at Lambeau? They had a bye week, got healthy. Well, the Giants showed them why. The Giants playing some of the best football right now in the NFL this year, in this this season, excuse me. 37 to 20 is your final score. The Giants beat the 15 and 1 Packers to go on to the NFC Championship game. Eli Manning absolutely outperforming Aaron Rodgers in this game. Eli Manning throwing for 330 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Aaron Rodgers going for 264, two touchdowns, one pick. Hakeem Nicks as well. Obviously, if all, all of anyone who saw this game knows what a monster Hakeem Nicks is, seven receptions for 165 yards, two touchdowns. Nicks now with four touchdown passes in two playoff games this season alone. Everything clicking here for the New York Giants, forcing four turnovers against the Packers, taking care of the football themselves. They only turned the ball over once, and that was anyhow deep in Packers territory, so the Packers still had a long field to work with. Uh, I know a lot of people went with uh, Green Bay. I uh, know you went with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll toot my horn. I went with the Giants. Hey, I went with Green I'm, Bay. I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn there. And then Sunday, I actually went on Twitter, and I picked them to beat the Packers. Okay. I changed my mind. All right. I like that. I I'll, did. I'll respect that. That was before the game, too. It was not after the game. Okay? All right. It's halftime. Yeah, All right. Giants. I don't think I'm going to pick the Giants now. But no, actually, my internship, my boss actually tweeted at me and said, because I picked the Ravens, yeah. and I picked the Giants. And I put it out on Twitter. Everyone's All 83 of my followers saw it. <laughs> and he goes, yes and no. And I was like, well, I don't want the Packers to win. I don't think they're going to win. I think the Giants look too good. And he's like, okay. And then after the game, I'm on there. I'm on Twitter. And I go, called well, it in. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But... Got all you Packer-eating fools, okay? You guys no got it wrong. No more cheese. No more cheese for you guys. <laughs> no more cheese for you guys. I like Aaron Rodgers. I like some of the guys on the Packers. But I'll root against the Packers to any chance I get. How about and... the discount double-check commercials? They're coming out with better and better ones. They are. The thing is, those commercials that they do now, they had Drew Brees. And I yeah. had Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews in it. Yeah. Both teams are out. They're gone. What are they? Are they going to keep running the commercials? I, I mean, think they'll have to. I know they have to. They'll, but I mean, I thought to. it was funny. Oh, it's great, and, and you know, and that's the thing. The Packers had a week off, a bye in any league at any time could be beneficial or de- you know detrimental. And I think it showed with the Packers that it was a little more rust than rest. And you know, this is something that obviously has to be accounted for, and it's quite sad. But, you know, the offensive coordinator for the Packers, Joe Philbin, his son, who passed away earlier this last week. Sad story. He was 21 years old. Um, he ended up drowning. Um, it was an accidental death. It was nothing, uh, no foul play. But nonetheless, um, I, I think that's a lot for a team to deal with in a week where you're preparing to go to play a team like the New York Giants here. I think they did have a little bit more on their mind. I don't want to say that's an excuse for them losing, but I think it played a factor in how well how well prepared they were and how hungry they were to play. And like you said, the Giants are playing the best football right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Out of all four teams left, I think the Giants are playing the best football. Mm-hmm. They've gotten healthy at the right time. Kate Pierre, Paul, Justin Tuck, great on the D-line with them. Nonetheless, Eli Manning has been playing, I think, some of the best as well at quarterback. I think kind of proving to everyone, hey, I deserve to be in the Pro Bowl. People thinking that Matt Stafford got stunned more, and I am one of those as well. I do still think Matt Stafford deserved to get into the Pro Bowl. But Eli proving, hey... I'm playing well, and I deserve to be here. And they forced four turnovers on Green Bay and just kept getting Aaron Rodgers out of his comfort zone. 
He could not step up into throws. He was he was bothered running out of the pocket a lot of the game and a lot of dropped passes. Anyone who oh saw this gosh. game saw a lot of drop passes on Green Bay's end of the ball. Some you could put on Aaron Rodgers, of course. A lot you can put on his receivers. And I think you see in a lot of timely moments where catches weren't made in the end zone or to put them right on the goal line, they did not make the big plays when they had to. The Giants made those big plays. Uh, especially uh, uh, what the most ridiculous Hail Mary toss there to end the half that Hakeem Nicks. There's nobody around him, really. They're all behind him. He boxes them out like Shaquem, you know, jumping up for a rebound. So uh, congratulations to the New York Giants on beating the Packers there. Again, the Giants are now going to be facing the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game, which is going to be taking place here this Sunday. Now we have to move on here to those two games. And who's going to win them? Why? Okay, our first game of the day next Sunday. Again, this is going to be next Sunday, January 22nd. Is going to be the Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, a good 3-0 and in home and in home AFC Championship games. One of the best offenses in the league, one of the worst defenses in the league. Baltimore, one of the best defenses in the league and a very ho-hum offense. Okay, I want to ask all of our listeners, who's going to the Super Bowl? 517-432-3893. Give me a call. Megan, let's start with you. We'll go into this matchup. 3 o'clock next Sunday. Who do you have and why? I have the Patriots. Um, I just think, you know, as, as you just kind of said, ho-hum, you know, good, good, bad, you know, that kind of thing. They do kind of offset each other. But I do see the Patriots' explosive good offense outdoing the Ravens' defense. I really do. And I think that's what's going to win the game for them, even though their defense isn't up to par, I guess. I, I really I think that's why they're going to probably make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to go with New England. Uh, I, I like Baltimore. I like both of these teams. I do. I like Baltimore. I like New England. Um, I've always liked Baltimore. I've always respected their defensive tenacity, the way that you know Harbaugh has just preached defense, and the team has been in the top ten in defense pretty much for the last decade, which is an incredible feat for a football team. But New England's defense... As by the numbers, it's bad. They showed here this last Saturday against the Broncos that their defense can come to play. And their defense did look good there on Saturday. And I'm going to go with Tom Brady over Joe Flacco when it comes down to it. I think Tom Brady and the weapons he has around him is leaps and bounds better than the talent Joe Flacco has around him. If Ray Rice has a poor game for Baltimore, they lose. Baltimore does not win a game. Tom Brady, though, he has Wes Welker. He has Aaron Hernandez, who has a tight end, is doing running plays from the backfield. Gronkowski, the best tight end in the league, an absolute monster to take down when he catches that ball. Good luck tackling this man. They still have Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. They do still have Danny Woodhead. They still have talent there. I'm going with the Patriots here. Patriots at home. If this was at Baltimore, I think it would be a little bit different of a story. I'm going with New England. I, I say they get the best of them. Yeah, I mean, a home team domination up until the Packers kind of ruined that, but that's just how it's been going this whole postseason. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, the three teams who had home field won this weekend. One of them didn't, but I'm going to go with New England over Baltimore. I just think I've said all year, Baltimore's a little schizophrenic for me. Mm-hmm. They've always worried me. They've had great games. And then I don't even think, I mean, yes, the Texans do have one of the top four defenses in the league, but I don't think Baltimore looked that great really offensively at all. Other than that first quarter, they became stagnant for three whole quarters and not doing anything on offense. So I'm going to have to go with New England to go to the Super Bowl here. And then in one of the more exciting matchups, in my opinion, hands down, the New York Giants will be traveling to Candlestick Park to take on the Niners. 
Giants versus Niners. This game will be 6.30 on Sunday as well next week. Megan, yes. I've gone back and forth with this pick. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a real good game, honestly. Who do you have and why? I have the Giants. Um, both super good teams. I mean, they both showed it this past weekend. Um, good on offense, good on defense, just look good all around. But I just think the Giants, like you said, we're playing their best football right now. They're looking good. They're forcing turnovers. Their offense looks good. You know, um, Manning, Eli Manning. I'm like, who am I going to say? Eli Manning, <laughs> finding the right people. Mm-hmm. He is connecting with his receivers. And he's got a plethora of them. Oh, my gosh. He is connecting with his receivers like none other. Like, you don't even see this guy, and all of a sudden, whoo, this guy comes right in the middle, wide open, throw it to him, get about, like, 20-yard gain. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how that game went. And, uh, obviously, he's getting the time he needs. You know, his O-line is looking good. Um, plus, their defense is not bad. And that's I just see them yeah. coming out on top of the 49ers, as good as the 49ers did look. Yes, and... I have to agree. I'm going with Pats Giants. Uh, that is uh, the the matchup I'm going with as well. It's it really seems like the most likely of ones. I, I'm not going against the Niners because I don't like Harbaugh. Even I don't like Harbaugh <laughs> uh, for the Niners. I just think I, I talked about this earlier with some people. I'm going to go with the hottest team I think right now, and that is yep. the New York Giants. And I, you know, even though the Niners are at home, I obvi- I think the Niners hands down have a better defense than the Giants do. But when it comes down to it, I think Eli Manning is a better quarterback again than Alex Smith. And I really think that the Giants defense, even though it's ranked 25th in the NFL, which sounds sloppy, you're not going to have a lot of time to make up for stats right now at this time. But they're playing like a better than 25th ranked defense, forcing turnovers, punching the ball out, getting the ball back, giving themselves better chances to win again. Jason Pierre, Paul, and Justin Tuck, huge playmakers on the defensive end of that ball. And you were talking about Eli Manning and finding guys. Yeah, Hakeem Nix had a great game, but you know what? If Nix isn't available, he has Victor Cruz. If Victor Cruz isn't available, he's got Mario Manningham. He has a lot of guys. The running game has gotten a lot better for New York over the weeks. Bradshaw is healthy. Jacobs is healthy. They can run the football. I just think when it comes down to it, does Alex Smith have enough to outscore the Giants? And I just, when it comes down to that, I don't think he does. I think he did. He played probably one of the best games he's ever played. This last weekend, and you know, just a great fourth quarter orchestrating some great drives and making some great passes to Vernon Davis uh, down the field. Which, don't get me wrong, he zipped that ball in there for that final touchdown in the game, and that was a Tom Brady like throw. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. And Patrick Willis, Alden Smith there for the Niners. You know, Alden Smith almost broke the rookie record for sacks this year as a linebacker. I think we all know Patrick Willis is a monster. But when it comes down to it, I got the Giants against the Pats rematch of the 08 Super Bowl. And I can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. But real fast, before we move on, what would be your favorite matchup? Would this be your favorite matchup if you had to pick it? Or would you flip-flop any of the teams? I would. Um, my favorite matchup is that I wish the Saints would have made it a little further. Okay. I would probably put... Gosh. Um, this is tough. I, I would maybe do... The only thing I would switch out, I think, would be the Giants. I think I would put the Saints-Patriots. Okay. I think it would be a better matchup. I don't know. That's just me. Saints-Patriots? No, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, no, not really too bad at all. I mean, looking at just the four teams that are left right now, between those guys, I th- probably think I- I'm happy with Giants-Pats. I know it's a rematch. I know people have said, well, I saw that, you know, you saw that four years ago, though. This didn't, right. happen. This didn't happen last year. 
It's been a while since it happened. They're two different teams at this point in their, you know, at this point in their franchises. I'm just glad the Packers didn't make it. Yeah, the Packers aren't in there. That's Gosh, great. And yes. I don't want to see a Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh Brothers Super Bowl. I think Ravens Niners. I love defense as much as the next guy, but don't make me think of Valley. I'll fall asleep if I had to watch the Niners and the Ravens run for two yards and then punt because their defenses <laughs> are that good. And we get to see a score ending nine to three or something. Like there. LSU Bama. I don't need it. I get they're, they're, when their defenses are that good. You have games that end up like that, especially when you have Flacco and Alex Smith against two of the best defenses in the in the league. It's, it's just it's going to put me to bed. And I don't. I like the Harbaugh brother there for the Ravens. I don't care about the one for the Niners. And I think the Niners, as well as Harbaugh has done this season for them, they're going to need some growing pains still. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about, obviously, uh, the whole Super Bowl matchup next week. So we got a lot of time to talk about that. Real fast, we want to let you guys know what's going on here with our Detroit Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings had a great victory here on Saturday at the Joe, beating the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2 to in overtime. Todd Bertuzzi getting his second goal of the game and clinching it with 38 and a third seconds left in overtime to get the victory. Uh, it's a very nice victory, again, for the Wings. Wings playing some of their best hockey at Joe Lewis in decades. Uh, the Wings won 14 in a row here after beating the Blackhawks on Saturday. First time since 1965 we've seen the Red Wings win 14 straight home games at the Joe. They do play the Buffalo Sabres tonight. The puck actually probably just dropped. That game was slated to start at 7.30. So if the Wings win tonight, they will set an all-time record for their franchise and winning 15 consecutive home games Great job by the Detroit Red Wings in getting that victory over the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that we're bouncing around for in the Central Division. Looking ahead for the Detroit Red Wings, again, they're playing at the Joe right now against the Buffalo Sabres. If you want to check that out, that is on Fox Sports Detroit. Then they will travel to Dallas tomorrow and face the Dallas Stars. That game will take place at 8.30. Then they just get one day off and have to travel to Phoenix to play the Coyotes again here on Thursday. And then on Saturday, they get to come back to the Joe to play the inept Columbus Blue Jackets. So, should be some good stuff ahead here for the Wings. Looking back real quickly on the last week, on Thursday, they did beat the Phoenix Coyotes at the Joe in a shootout, 3-2. to two. Uh, Real sweet, some real nice goals there from Zook. On Tuesday, they did have a tough loss at the New York Islanders for whatever the reason is. As crappy as the Islanders can be every year, they find a way to beat the Detroit Red Wings. So uh, we'll see what goes on with that. But nonetheless, the Detroit Red Wings playing some very good hockey at this time. Right now, only a point behind in the standings in the Central Division. The Central Division hosting some of the best teams right now. Detroit has 57 points in the Central. Excuse me, Chicago did actually get a win last night, so they're actually now three points ahead instead of one there in the Western Conference. Vancouver is number two with 59 points. San Jose is three with 55. Detroit is in fifth with 57. St. Louis is one point ahead of Detroit now at 58. So you have three of the top teams in the Western Conference in the same division. So it should be a very exciting finish to the end. Mm-hmm. Red Wings always playing. I mean, they made the playoffs 20 consecutive years. No reason they don't make it this year again. Uh, there shouldn't be. No, not at all. Playing some great hockey, so good stuff for the Red Wings. Real fast for all of our fans of Nick Lindstrom out there. I know I'm a big one myself. He's actually going to be profiled in NHL 36. It's an all-access show to air on the first on January to air first on January 25th at 6:30 p.m. It's going to be on the new 24-hour NBC Sports Network, which is basically Versus. For all of you that that's what it is. Anyone who's confused on seeing that with NBC Sports, that's Versus. They made a deal. 
So, uh, yeah, NBC Sports is now technically versus they merged. But an NHL Productions crew will follow Nick Lindstrom for 36 straight hours beginning today. The show is expected to include footage of Lindstrom before, during, and after the Red Wings home game, Monday night against the Sabres, and Tuesday's matchup against the Stars. Viewers are also expected to see footage of Lindstrom's travels to and from the rink, his participation in team meetings and practices, and during downtime from games and practices. So, again, that will air on January 25th at 6.30 p.m. It will also re-air January 26th at 5.30 p.m. And there's a bunch of other times on there if you guys want to check them out. This is an article from DetroitNews.com, so uh, check that out. They'll let you know everything that's going on there with our boy Nick Lindstrom. And uh, he's, you know, he's not a, he's not a big camera guy, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes for this guy uh, with all the cameras around him. And again, real fast, I told you I wouldn't spend a lot of time on it, but I do have to say something. The Detroit Pistons uh, will be playing tomorrow at Houston and then Wednesday at Minnesota. Friday versus Memphis, Saturday at Portland, this condensed schedule, giving a team like the Pistons not a lot of time to figure things out. Pistons are 3-10. and Finally got a win on Friday night at Charlotte, beating Charlotte handedly 98-81. to But before that, beat down at Chicago last Monday, beat down by <laughs> Tuesday uh, by Dallas, and beat down again at Milwaukee, and they lost last night to Golden State. So Detroit Pistons... Oh, what, looking like 12 wins this year? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, hang on. I have something. Please. Um, do you, Did you hear about the Tigers? No. Did they actually sign someone for sure? They re-signed two people. You want to take a guess who? Uh, who they? Just They're pitchers. They're pitchers. So they re-signed, uh, let's see, they re-signed Fister? Uh, I, they might have, but today they actually came out and they re-signed Porcello. Okay. And they re-signed... My favorite, can you guess? Your favorite? My, that's Brandon her. Inge? No, no. Another pitcher. <laughs> another pitcher. Uh, it's got to be a what? Scherzer? No. Verlander. No. This no, Verlander's already got a contract. Phil Coke, my least favorite. Oh. They re-signed Phil <laughs> they Coke. So Phil Coke for the bullpen, right? Oh, God. I was When I saw that, I was like, no way. Well, see, they're actually looking to get Matt Garza here soon. That's oh, what the God. Tigers have been talking about doing. Uh, we are out of time here, unfortunately, here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. We'll have to look into some of yeah, that Detroit dealings here, Dombrowski, mm-hmm. and see what he's doing here. But I want to thank all of our listeners for, uh, for tuning in to tonight's show. Always a pleasure to have you guys tuning in. have a brand new show for you next week with a lot of excitement. But the Asian Invasion is coming up next, so definitely stay tuned. For everyone here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name is Dave Ferencu. And I'm Megan. And you guys have a great night out there. No, when I saw listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.